All right, Jean, ready to be counted in? Yes. Ready in Chamesh. Arba, Shalosh, Shtaim. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Mm. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast! With Christina P. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, I was up at 3.30 in the morning. My, uh, my older boy came in with a nightmare, as Burr Kreischer says. What a dork. And... Of course, he was crying. I was so sad. He was crying. I don't know what he was dreaming about. And then he's like, I want to sleep with you. I want to sleep with you. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. It's so cute in the moment. It's so cute in the moment. And so he got into bed. And of course, like my eyelids twitching, just even talking about this. And then every time I would fall asleep, because I was on my two milligram, Tina, I was really like, I was having one of those nights where I was so thankful to be asleep. You know, when you're like, God, I love sleeping. Sleeping's the, like, it's. I give, I've given up on eating as my big comfort, and I've just moved into getting high and sleeping. <laughs> so I was so stoked to get into sleep t- uh, last night. And then he comes and he lays down. And of course, dude, this little fool could not fall asleep. It was like every time I would drift off, he'd be like, Mommy, 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 Mommy. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself. Um, and then, uh, but it was cute. You know, he's, he keeps wiggling around little boys. Wiggle, wiggle, little kids actually don't, they can't fucking stay still. So at one point though in the night, he goes, mommy, can I hold your hand? And I was like, oh my God, like that moment when you're like, um, yeah, I love you. It erases all the suffering. Cause parenthood, I would argue is like, um, I don't know, 60 to 70% suffering. And then that cool margin of just like, can you hold my hand? Of course you can hold my hand. You can take everything. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Or like when my two-year-old puts his little arms around my neck, it's like, it's just the best. So I don't, I feel like I don't talk about how adorable having kids, you know, it's actually really fucking adorable. Um, that being, I did not sleep since three 30 cause he didn't go back to sleep until like five 30. And then my husband woke up to go for a gig around that time it was a nightmare but anyway um all worth it because he wanted to hold my hand in the middle of the night <laughs> um i've been hearing the word mommy so much lately it's like um i think both boys get real ramped up with it like mommy 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 <laughs> like <laughs> there's a time in our house like the five o'clock hour where they're both super tired and whacked out and then the momminess ramps, 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 ramps. Mommy, 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 mommy. Can I have a treat? Mommy, can I watch cartoons? Mommy, can I watch Oddbots? I'm like, oh my God. So I found this great TikTok. This mom is trying to eat her her dinner. And if you know, I think every mom relates to this poor woman. She's just like, and, and it's always, it is always when you're trying to focus on something. Like, 
right. We're sitting down. We finally, like, we both had these bomb-ass meals in front of us, Tommy and I, and the kids had already eaten, so they were, like, running amok. And it's like they sense that you don't want to pay attention to them, and that's when the chaos really cranks up. Like, that's when the two-year-old will open and shut the trash can and pull trash out and then go to the microwave and push that button open it shut it and then the four-year-old is outside you know throwing rocks at the dog and they it's like they know you need to chill and they they won't have it so this is a great talk for any anybody that is a parent play this this is so fucking great this woman Mommy? yeah um, um we can you sit have... down please you're not done yet okay. <laughs> yeah sit the fuck down yeah Mommy? yes um um, um, do we still have some Robin cookies? Mm, yes, we do. Ma- mommy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, this uh, is what it is. What are you eating? Kimchi jiga? Do you want to taste? No. <laughs> mommy? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. There it is. Yep. Are you doing a TikTok? <laughs> she got busted uh that is literally what it is like being a mom especially for i don't know if it's a boy thing but the two little boys are heavy into mom right now and do not give a shit about dad like i i have to force my two-year-old to say good morning to tom and he's just like daddy doesn't wear a shirt And then he goes in there and he's just not interested. They're not interested in dad. It's it is all mommy all day. So so I think it's important to uh, to conserve my energy right now and to really be there for them, you know? I I feel like uh I feel like it's important when you realize the the role of mom, it's like your job is to sit there and just hear them say mommy 5000 times a day. Like that's that's the gig. And even going um you know, we go. To, we went to a restaurant yesterday, just the boys and I, and just the simple task of parking the car, <laughs> and then getting out the stroller, and then putting in two seats, the double stroller, click, 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 and then I see the cars rolling up, thinking that I'm leaving, and I have to be like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, this is gonna, <laughs> we're, we just got here, bitch. Like, don't even think that this is your spot and click 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 finally you get that in and then to get the little one out first put him in he's screaming because he doesn't want to go in and he finally does and then the big one he's screaming and then you, you have to bribe them to sit down on the thing i'll get you guys ice cream later and you know it's just like everything takes so long because you're on kid time and kids dawdle is that the right word dawdling chris larson are you there yeah i'm here Right, like they dawdle, is that the word? Or or, or... Yeah, they dilly dally. Dilly dally. <laughs> they fucking they kids just dilly dally, man. They got no sense of urgency to do shit. It takes like twenty minutes. Just like put on shoes and socks. Put on shoes and socks. You have to say it five thousand times. Put on shoes and socks. Put on a jacket. No, I don't want a jacket. Put on the jacket. You're gonna catch pneumonia inside. You might fucking get <sighs> So you really like for me, it's just an exercise in, um, you know, they always say stay present. Just stay present. Stay. It's like a fuck off. It's just, you, you, what you do is you eat an edible and you just, uh, you, you, I, what I found is like, I just have to stop the anxious mind of like, okay, let's go. Like just surrender. You surrender in every 
endeavor. Like, you know, just everything, every fucking minute is just reminding yourself that like they don't operate on my time. They operate in their time. And like, that's the hard, that's what makes my eyelid twitch uh, for years. You don't get shit done. You cannot get shit done. So anyways, uh, so they're super cute. Um, it's not, it is, it is really, really cute right now. I think two and four is like the cutest thing ever. But, uh, so I wanted to share these TikToks with you. I found on, um, parenting stuff, which is great. Can you play the polite one? I think it's, it, so this is an important one to teach to boys and girls. And I don't know why they, I'm so thankful. They used to call this, um, uh, stranger danger back in the 80s and they would just terrify you uh, it was stuff like if someone offers you candy don't take it it's poison if there's a guy in a van don't go in the van you're gonna die do you guys remember that being told stranger danger or is yeah. that just 80s yeah 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 you'd be like oh yeah <laughs> don't go into a van with a stranger just because they have a cute puppy you know? Right. Or like if they say they know you, they don't know you. If they say they know your mom, don't believe them. Yeah. Just because they have a Reese's peanut butter cup <laughs> doesn't mean you do whatever they say. Right. So there's that really clear level for children. But then there's a subtle level um, that is really an unspoken implicit thing, especially for girls in our society that we are conditioned to be polite we're conditioned to smile and to not offend and to be nice being nice is paramount so nobody likes a not nice woman um and that's why i loved this talk if you could go ahead and play this one oh Fantastic. Don't po- don't be polite to men that creep you out. It's not your job to comfort them. Don't be polite to men that creep you out. Wow, right? That is really solid advice. It's solid. Because do you, do you, I don't think men feel that. Did you feel that pressure to be nice to people and accommodate? Um I mean like, you know, just be polite in general was the thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. But th- what and what a solid formula to that like if you feel creep vibes don't worry about it like don't be afraid of offending a creeper right like it took me so many (laughs) years to figure that out like oh they don't care like they'll just move on to the next idiot who will put up with their shit right it's uh and it's really empowering to to teach kids that at a young age be like oh yeah not every adult is someone you should be listening to yeah and not every adult i tell my sons this too i'm like dude not every adult knows what's up in the world like you know just because they're older than you doesn't mean they have it all figured out in fact i would argue my kids are smarter than a lot of adults middle-aged people that i know so yeah i mean the old (laughs) right (laughs) yeah like the older you get the more you realize how stupid adults are oh my god yeah how these fools you know make bad decisions over and over they run their lives into the ground and well how come my four-year-old knows like (laughs) get the fuck out of here i don't like you or i'm not doing that like (laughs) right that guy's a dumb dumb yeah yeah (laughs) he's a virdo yeah yes bro yeah, he's a little fighter. The four-year-old is a spitfire, man. He will punch you out. Also, interesting enough, um, Tom was watching 
the 007, he's into 007 movies now. Since Sean Connery died, we've been um, watching them at night. And it's so funny because, you know, 007, hold on, let me write this down before I forget my thought because I was up at uh, up at three in the morning. Uh, 007, it's so funny because I'm, I was watching it with him and I'm like, Tommy, is this just, this is every male fantasy in one. It's gadgets, like you can pushy button a lot of stuff. It's hot chicks that you get to bang. It's a cool suit. And it's uh, punching the bad guys. Like it's it's just this male, like perfect male fantasy. And I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe Sex in the City is like our equivalent to that where you're hot and you're like, I'm a writer and you live in New York City and you have sex with guys. Um, you got brunch every day. I got brunch. <laughs> Rosé all day. <laughs> is that what it is? Um, Wait, really? Sex in the City is your guys' James Bond? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the equivalent. I would say, I would argue that Sex in the City is pretty much, it's, it is the standard female fantasy. Hmm. Oh, and now here's why. And now here's the thing. It's not one character. It's several. So you've got all the bases covered. You've got um, Charlotte, the good girl, who is family oriented. She's like the mom. She's got children. She's more traditional. She's the good girl. And then you have Miranda, who's a little on the darky side. That's the redhead one? That's the redhead. Right. She's a profesh. She's a lawyer. She's super smart. She's more career driven, reluctantly gets married, reluctantly stumbles into motherhood, but ends up enjoying it. You have the whore. What's her name? Um, this one? Samantha, the whore, who's just- the cougar, right? Yeah. She's all- <laughs> sex and all about like just living that life <laughs> she's all sex and she's no city all sex and <laughs> right and then so carrie's supposed to be the touchstone that we all relate to because she's like oh my god i'm flawed and she's a writer and she has um manolo blonic shoes which i mean i don't even know how that bitch afforded all her 800 dollars shoes because she worked as a writer and her apartment was huge i have no idea how she afforded any of the clothes she had um, and you'll notice, too, this was written by a gay man, this uh, series. So they all talk, act, and dress like gay men. It's so fucking weird. And I go, you guys don't know this show as intimately as I do, but there's something so compelling about Sex and the City for, for women. It's like the clothes. It's the friendships. It's her flawed relationship with Big. And it, it's just perfect. This is just this is the female equivalent of James Bond. Um, but I don't know. Let me know, uh, women. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it's everything. It's like the fashion, and it's like you want to be that fabulous New York City girl. Uh, I, I would have thought that the new Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> with Charlize Theron was made for Charlize was Theron. the female James Bond. I, well, that that's the thing is that we don't have the same. But that's the thing. The wish fulfillment is different. I don't want to be that. You don't relate to. Uh, Half of your head being painted black, right? Like, but but I'm saying that the this fantasy is a male. Fa- I think a male fantasy. I'm not saying that women don't like this movie or that oh, she's not dope. I see. But for us to be in a dirty world, like an apocalyptic fantasy, it's I don't. It's not the dominant uh, narrative. For uh, us. I, then I see the the problem with this one. It was written by a straight guy. If Mad Max was written <laughs> okay. by a gay guy, then it would have been more geared for fabulous. The yeah, glamorous. Um, but I do like Charlize Theron. She did this one movie where she was in Berlin in the 80s and she was a spy 
fuck, what's this movie? It is such a beautifully done atomic blonde. Wow. And she's just so gorgeous and she kicks ass. And that I would argue this might be like the female bond, which by the way, they're doing a female bond, which is whatever. Who cares, right? Give me my own. I don't want to be, cares? I don't want to be a derivative. You know what I mean? Like, that's like when comedians are like, oh, she's the female Dane Cook. Like, dude, no, let her be her own person. Why, oh, why is she a female derivative of a male? It's stupid. Uh, but I was going to say the point is, is that that 007 fantasy, I mean, I see that in my boys already. Like, they're obsessed with cars. My four-year-old has already threatened to kill people and talks about killing bad guys. I would stab him. Mom, mom, if I would kill a pirate, how would I kill the pirate? I would stab him and then I would hang him and then I would cut his hand off. I mean, they're like violent and crazy from the jump. So that shit ain't, there's a reason those movies thrive. Do you guys, are you into 007, Nadav? Uh, not really. Like, really? What do you like? What do I, I mean. What's your guilty male fantasy show? Uh, I mean, watching UFC fights is definitely where, like, fun. where I tap into like my my primal dude side. <laughs> Fuck them up! <laughs> <you know? laughs> and do you like the k- kicky punching? You like to I see? I love them? the kicky punching. I yeah. love seeing the lights go out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like huh. you know people just making mistakes and then paying for it in a, in, <laughs> in a very physical in a very physical way. <laughs> Did you like wrestling as a kid? <sighs> Me and my brother would wrestle the shit out of each yeah. other. Yeah, it was because I remember in middle school we went through a wrestling phase where it was just like me and all my friends were into it. The Attitude Era was going on on WWE, WWF at the time, and I remember all we would do is give each other stone cold stunners and rock bottoms on the soccer oh, fields. That sounds horrible. And whenever my family would leave, and it was just me and my brother in the in the house, we would just take all of the mattresses, <laughs> put them on the floor. And then beat the shit out of each other until our family <laughs> got back. <laughs> Sounds fun. It was the best. Yeah. <laughs> I had the best memories come from that. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's dudes. Well, there you go. That's why you guys fuck shit up. Hell yeah. That's why you guys joined the military and thank God for these, um, you know, inclinations that you guys have. Oh, do I have to do that now? Yeah, it might be a good idea. Oh, okay. Let's do it today. Let's do it right now. Today's Driving with Kids segment is brought to you by our sponsor, Michelin, and the new Michelin Cross Climate 2. Learn more at michelinman.com. I love these stories. I love that you um, submit these. They're so fucking funny. Do you want to do what? You tell me, Nadav. You tell me what we want. We should do. Yeah, let's uh, let's start off with a voicemail and then an email. I love it. Okay, mommy, go for it. Hey, mommies. Hope you're keeping them high and tight. This is Landon from Colorado. I uh, just had a kind of a mommy driving story sort of combo. Um, so I guess I was probably nine, eight or nine, um, and we were driving. My mother was driving a Lincoln Navigator down a 75-mile-an-hour highway, and um, my mom was the type to multitask, and I hate to put down my poor mom, but uh, – <laughs> She was texting and driving, and um, I was also on my little game. It was probably some sort of little Game Boy thing. And um, I look up, and we're in the middle lane of a four-lane highway headed into the two lanes going the opposite direction. And so I jerked the wheel because my mom was not looking at the road, and we swerved back into traffic into the two lanes going the correct way. 
and she proceeds to smack me and yell at me for grabbing the wheel, asking me why would I do that, what happened. And I said, Mom, you were swerving into oncoming traffic, and to this day she doesn't believe me. But I swear to God, we almost hit oncoming traffic, and if I wouldn't have grabbed the wheel and swerved it over, God knows what would have happened. But anyway, that's my crazy mommy drive story. Um, Keep them high and tight, and uh, you bet I'm coming up in May. (laughs) Damn, Mom. What stupid bitch, huh? I can't believe she did that to you, homie. She could have killed you. God damn. I mean, how do you not get mad at your mom for that space cadet stuff? He's like, I feel bad talking about it. I'm like, you shouldn't. You should shame her every day for that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's interesting? I feel like moms have a way of kind of uh, blocking out like things like that, you know? What do you mean? Driving? No, no, no not driving, but like times where they might have jeopardized the safety of their oh, kid. Oh, my God. It was I mean... like, nah, that wasn't me. You're thinking of a different mom. <laughs> Yeah, you're in denial. You don't want to think that you could have harmed your children. Right. Holy mackerel. You know, I have a a driving memory, too. My I remember this is like in the 80s. My dad always had Jaguars, these gorgeous. You Google Jaguar XJ12L. I still am obsessed. Why is it that you're always obsessed with a car that your dad had when you were XJ12? Oh, look at that. Sexy car. It could be mine for $1,900 now. <laughs> Look at that thing, man. So that's the kind my dad had. Ooh, that's like a James Bond car. It's dope. And my dad kind of, he was like that sexy European James Bond guy. There he is, Burgundy. That's what we had, 100%. With the, That's it, the XJ12. Yep, and it had those great handles that you put your thumb and you open it. And look at that grill. Oh, I wish I could have one today. They're just so pretty. So anyways, um, this car had a few issues. One time we were in it at a stoplight and it just spontaneously set on fire. Like the, <laughs> the fire came up from the hood and and just like whoosh. The, the windshield, there was just a blaze of fire. I was in the back seat. My stepmother was in the passenger seat and she couldn't open her door and then I had to get out and let her out and the car just set on fire on Ventura Boulevard. That was wild. Yeah, I forget what happened. My dad's a mechanic too. And so he had just, just like fixed that car and he was, um, I remember we were driving and he was like gunning it and he could hear that the engine, something was up. So he was like testing it and gunning it and gunning it. And then we were at the stoplight and then boom. I mean, I never have been that scared in my life. But and the second time that that same car, man, broke down in Topanga Canyon um, in the 80s. This is when like if your ship broke down in the 80s, like good luck, dude. There was no cell phone. There was like maybe a call box every two or five miles on a row like and I remember our tire blew out in Topanga Canyon. Thankfully, during the daytime, he had some hoe visiting him from Australia. And like like some random slut. Like there was always some random woman along on our journeys throughout the world. And uh, yeah, you just back then you just waited until somebody came by and was like, do you need some help? And you're like, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to tell the guy at the gas station, you know, five miles up that you're here hope they show up and then like you just we stood there for you know i don't know i felt maybe an hour you just you sit there on the side of the road waiting for someone to save you and they did back in the day which is just bananas it was like that up until recently too. I know. like i remember <laughs> in middle school 
Um, like I had a carpool where uh, it was me and then our neighbor had three daughters that went to my same school. So she would drive us like my mom would take us to school and then they would bring us back from school. And I remember like the youngest kid was always in the back seat and she was just like a wild one. She would do mm-hmm. all this crazy shit drying on the like roof of the like the ceiling of the car and stuff. Jesus. Like, just fucking shit up. And so I remember the mom that was driving. She would like, is that window open? I, I, I could swear a window's open. And everyone's like, no, the window's closed. And she like wanted to look for herself. Mm-hmm. So she turned back. On the 101. <laughs> and then we just rear-ended someone in the middle lane. <gasps> Whoa. To the point where the front of the car, like, went into the tire, so we now couldn't move. Nah. And, uh, and like, this was right before cell phones. So no one had a cell phone. No one had a car phone. Yeah. And, like, just a stranger had to come up behind us and be <laughs> yeah. like, need a push? <laughs> yeah, and then no. he just rammed the car until we got <laughs> off the freeway. And it was just, like, I can't imagine what my mom felt like when she heard <sighs> that. And I can only imagine that my current car, that my carpool lady got a real talking to. Well, yeah. You know, I got to tell you that the the more I'm, the longer I am a mom, the less I want other people taking care of my kids, touching my kids, driving my kids. You know, I trust, there, there's like two people I trust to take my child off my property and that's it. Right. So I, I don't, I don't blame you, dude. That's, that's so scary. <laughs> no, you yeah, just, you gotta be protective. You just wait until somebody, some good Samaritan, would come yeah. by. You just feel cars whizzing, like you feel <laughs> like the car rocking a little bit because cars are whizzing so fast next to you. You're like, oh, I hope nothing bad happens. <laughs> I know, because yeah, the the it's not so much the accident that's scary; it's waiting on the side of the 101 until help arrives. Like that's when you die, fool. <laughs> you're gonna get killed. Yeah, you're like, oh, good, help arrives. So you swing the door open. It's like, oh, door's gone. God damn, I know. Shit, I remember one time I was coming home late. I was a teenager and I had a Chevy Nova, 87 Chevy Nova. And it was I was past curfew, so I wanted to just sneak in quietly and go upstairs and go to bed. And um, so this is like, you know, 1230 at night and it's in the valley and I'm on the freeway and my my tire blows out. Not a Michelin tire, of course, but um, some other stuff. Hungarian tire probably my dad put on there. <laughs> and I was so afraid. I didn't have a phone. I had nothing. You know, I'm I'm a teenager, and so I rolled home on a flat tire from the freeway to my house, and I just went upstairs and went to bed, and the next day, my dad's like, what happened to the car? I'm like, I got a flat tire, Dad, and he's like, you grounded down so bad. I had ground down. The, <laughs> I don't know what the part is called under the tire. Like the rotors. The, or yeah, he's like, you fucked this up so bad. How can you do this? I go, how did I do? I had no choice. I was on, I was in the middle of the night. I had no phone. What am I supposed to do? Wait for some creeper to come by, you know, and and kidnap me. So anyway, yeah, you ruined the car. I love how he's more upset about the tire than like. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're okay though, my 17-year-old daughter. Right, he sees the car and instead of thinking like, oh, my daughter, something bad happened yeah. to my daughter last night. Yeah. Just like, what happened to my car? My car, yeah. I mean, he was such a dick like that. And I remember like, my brakes would get, would I, they, this car for some reason had shitty brakes and so I was always grinding down the pads and I would like need them repaired, like replaced constantly and he's like like it was such a drag for him like all right he was a fucking mechanic 
Like he had a shop to do these things. Like it's not like this was my dad was a, an investment banker and didn't have the time or capacity to do this for me. For me, it was like, dude, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like you could you could do this shit for me. He was always begrudgingly repairing my car. Like you're a fucking car mechanic, bro. You're, well, he's a forklift mechanic, but still. Uh, should we do one more of these? Uh, I think we got enough. Let's well, good. Okay, one, yeah. submit your stories, please. You're driving with moms. You're driving with children's story. Uh, where my mom's at at gmail.com. The voicemail phone number is two one three three seven five five one eight four. I love hearing these stories. It, it is such a fun segment. And thank you, Michelin, for sponsor sponsoring this segment. What a silly, silly, fun thing. Um, okay, did I have? Oh, let's watch. I would love to also bring you this TikTok that I found. Oh, this woman's so fascinating. So she's called at Domestic Blisters on. She's on the talk and she has these great segments for moms. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I literally can't get through the day without feeling crushing guilt over it the entire time. Hello. Here's why this happens to people. When you view care tasks like cleaning as moral instead of functional, you believe that you're good and successful and worthwhile when you do them and you feel like you're failing and bad and not worthwhile when you don't do them. When you think this way, the motivation for doing those care tasks is shame, either trying to avoid shame or trying to get rid of the shame you have because things are undone. The other problem is you view rest as a reward and not a right. And because care tasks never end, there's always something to clean, something to fold, always. some dish to do. Uh, it never ends. Never. And so if you let yourself rest before that list of things is done, you feel guilty. But care tasks are morally neutral. They mean nothing about you. And they don't have to be done before you can rest. Anyways, my wow. whole account is about this. And also I have a website. Strugglecare.com. Strugglecare.com at Domestic Blisters on TikTok. I mean, didn't that just blow your mind hearing it put that way? She says that care tasks, which is what it is to be a mother, right? You're constantly caring for feeding, cooking, and cleaning. There's this great joke that Phyllis Diller had. Um, she said, trying to clean up after your children is like, is like sweeping while it's snowing meaning that like it is just a constant flow of filth and dirt and it's just one mess is cleaned and then another one begins so i think the idea here is that it's a marathon all of this stuff is a is a marathon and to not judge it from a moral perspective because i i i've had friends in the past go oh christina so like what do you do if there are dishes in the sink at the end of the night and you're so tired and I go, I fucking leave them there. I don't care. I don't care. Like I will go to it after I'm t I'm rested. But um, but that's because I'm a disgusting animal. I don't. <laughs> I am not really good at being a a, a lady. <laughs> I don't care. I don't fucking care. Like I, I've always been bad at taking out the trash. My stepmom used to constantly berate me she's like you don't see trash you don't see this is disgusting and I'm like no I don't fucking care I don't care um but I do think so many of us get caught up in the the thing of like oh god I'm a bad mom if the house doesn't look perfect I'm a bad mom if you know the lunches aren't made just so and if I haven't done everything and it's like dude it's such an ongoing task I think the important stuff is like did you spend a good moment with them I'll tell you what too like when we had lunch yesterday 
um, we fucked up that restaurant so bad. Like I, I brought a picture last time, like, bro, there is shit everywhere. And I, I, I normally I'm like, just seat me in the back because I don't want to ruin people's good time. I didn't yesterday. I was like, you know what? Let it ride. I don't give a shit. And though these two elderly like women next to me were totally eyeballing us. Just, just like, just eyeballing. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This is my life. We're disgusting. And I just tip, Wait, tip out the waitress. They were like, how dare you? Like, how dare you eyes? I mean, I think, I mean, I get it. Before I had children and I saw people with small kids in restaurants making a mess and being loud or whatever, I would be like, God, get your shit under control. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and then you have them and you're like, I don't fucking, I can't, what am I going to do? I thought elderly women, their kryptonite is like young kids. <laughs> that's what makes them like, oh, look at that. Oh, kid. not these two broads. These were like... <laughs> These were these were like um, highfalutin, you know. You could tell they were they were classier than me. They were definitely <laughs> they were so fancy. And yeah, I have a fanny pack on, and I just I'm a toddler sitting on my lap, and I'm eating a cheeseburger over my toddler's head, so all the drippings are dropping on Juju's head. <laughs> like there's hamburger juice all over my son. But anyway, I, you know, just embrace the mess if you can. And that standard of um, of imperfection, it is so hard. It's been a real struggle for me in the last, you know, five years almost now being a mom of just letting go of that. The idea that I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I had um, Riaz on here, uh, our gay Muslim dad. And, uh, and he goes, you know, I just I feel it when we're on the playground. Um, the other mother's looking at me and I feel them judging me like, Oh, if there were a mom here, he'd be doing this better. And I, um, actually, we had him over at dinner the other day, and he brought this up again. And I said, Riaz, I, I had, I hate to tell you this, but I think every parent feels that way. And I don't. You're always going to have some bitch eyeballing you, like you're not doing it right, or how dare you? <laughs> and like, whether or not you're a man or a gay dad or whatever, there's always going to be some bitch eyeballing you in life. So you just have to like. Um, Priscilla Stiller called it. She put on a cloak of feathers. I love this analogy. She had, in case you can't tell, I'm obsessed with Phyllis Stiller. She said, "I always put on an imaginary cape of feathers, and I I imagine that these feathers protect me as a shield from other people's negative comments or vibes or whatever." So, there you go. Uh, but care, task, morality. What if? What an interesting idea. And I think too, it's embedded maybe in the idea. Um, back in the 1950s when women were truly, truly quarantined to the house, that maybe it, that was your your pride and your joy, right? Is having a clean home and husband gets home and you make him a martini and the dinner's on the table and the children are dressed and that's that was her job is to have it just so. And um, I love now that that standard, thank God, doesn't have to exist for us because I certainly cannot uphold that. And I just surrender to the shit show that is my life on the daily. Um, okay, let's do some follow-ups. And you know what I always think about? And I don't mean this negatively. I don't mean this negatively. Is whenever I think to myself a, a negative thought, like my clothes are shitty today. I don't, I'm fat. Uh, the house isn't clean. My kids aren't great. Nothing's perfect. I always think to myself, <laughs> this is going to sound horrible, but I do. <laughs> I go, would a man think this way? And I have to tell you, in my mind, the answer is no. And correct me if I'm wrong in the booth, but I don't sense 
do you judge yourself? Maybe you do, Nadab. You're pretty fucking neurotic, but... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like, my husband can put on... I mean, we took photographs last week, and he put on the wrinkliest, covered in filth <laughs> shirt. And, you know, I'm the one in the, at bed at night going, gosh, do you, are, am I paying enough attention to the children or there? And he's like, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You know? You tell me, but you're neurotic. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, uh, I'm only comfortable if I'm flogging myself, you know? <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm getting better at not doing that to myself. But, um, yeah. I don't know, like, like, what are, like, what are some thoughts? Like, what are some thoughts that you had where you checked yourself? <laughs> yeah, constantly. Um, I mean, other than the wrinkly shirt thing, because that's also yeah. definitely something I would not care about. Right. See that, but that's what I mean. I think, I think, because I was so self-critical for so many years that it really just became an exercise in forgiving, like, every aspect. You know, this this jacket's too blue. I fuck my hair is all fucked up today, and it is. It's filthy. I haven't washed it in five days. Or, um. Oh yeah, not that's... being perfect, you know. Yeah, if I have a bad hair day, oh. I just look in the mirror. I'm like, nah, I should probably get a haircut soon. Yeah, and then I just don't think about it again because I mean, I do not pay attention to my hair. I don't pay attention to anything. I just make sure I don't stink when I leave the, you know, yeah, leave my place in the morning, and then everything's good after that. But I think also in terms of work, like I I watch my male peers in comedy, and like, well, especially Tom, like he'll just put like putting out a sketch or putting out a video or putting out a podcast and you know when i get too self-critical i'm like yeah but dudes are dudes do the shit on the daily and they don't fucking flog themselves you know what i mean they don't worry like oh my god are they gonna mm," they don't seem to be as insecure about stuff but that's just my projection I guess. right it's it's just like "Eh, whatever i gotta get this done i want to get this done who cares yeah it's like fuck yourself i'm doing me doug that's it. Fuck yourself. I'm doing me, dog. Yeah. I think that was really hard for me to learn for so many years is fuck your, fuck you. Say it again. Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. I'm doing me, dog. <laughs> yeah. 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 That sentiment does get easier with age when you're just like, I'm going to be dead soon. Like, I'm going to be on my right. deathbed. And am I going to really worry about people on Twitter who don't like a tweet I just put out or like a video i made right because i I think a lot of people also get stuck in the in the mindset um and they just need to like be reminded that no one thinks about you as often as you a hundred percent you know it's out of sight out of mind for most people where the second you leave the room they're like oh where did where did christina go nobody cares right nobody cares about you in that profound shameful way that you're worried about a hundred percent. Maybe for like a minute, they'll be like, oh my God, can you believe how stupid Nadav was? Blah, blah. He said this thing. Right. And then it's done. It's like a lunch conversation. Yeah. And then you're fucking done. <laughs> I know. Right. It's like, hey man, that's fucking yesterday's shit. We're, t- we're on today now. <laughs> God, I know. I think about that a lot. And um, I was watching Maria Menunos on uh, TikTok too. She she had like a brain tumor. She's, she's had some serious illnesses. And she's young. I mean- She's gorgeous and youngish, right? Like in her forties, and she said she had this TikTok, and she goes, "It's amazing how when you're facing death, yeah, here she is, Maria Menounos. She was like a, a host model. She's so she's like perfect, right? She's gorgeous. Um, and she goes, when you're on your deathbed, when you're facing death, really facing death, which this woman was really facing death. She had brain tumors. Um, you're not thinking about 
the emails I sent. You, you're actually, there she is. My God, this poor woman. I mean, can you even imagine? Jesus. I know. I know. There she is. She has a brain tumor and, and all this. I mean, my God. She goes, when you're really facing death, you're not thinking, you're thinking about all the time you wasted sending emails, you know, trying to get ahead of this and that. And she's like, you're not, when you're dying, you don't think about that stuff. That's not what is important to you. So, you know, same thing with the dishes and the mess and the filth. It's all going to be there. In fact, the other day, my house was so dirty and we had guests coming over and they're like, should we come at four? And I was like, no, no, come at six because it's dark outside. <laughs> and I'm like, it's darker than and you won't see the filth in my house. <laughs> I only have people over after the sun goes down. It's a little trick <laughs> I like to do. True story. So just don't have daytime guests. Here's some follow-ups. Oh, on ratting out siblings. Yes, I'm starting to encounter this dynamic between my sons um, where it becomes a virtue thing where one of them rats out the other one. And I really want to foster, well, maybe I can. you can answer to this one, Nadav. I really want to foster friendship between the two of them. What can I do to encourage them to be allies and to, to bro down? Like, how do I want them to be buddies? Ooh, that's yeah. a good question. Because, I mean, they will rat each other out. I mean, I feel like my sisters ratted me out when I was a kid. Uh, but me and my brother were super close. So how did that work out? Um, I think it's just because it's like, you know, me and my brother are a lot more similar to each other than me and my sisters. Oh, And, you're, you're... and my sisters are, like, similar to each other and me and my brother are similar to each other. In age, you mean? How old is your bro? Um, no, it was boy, girl, boy, girl. Um, and, my, and my brother is four years older than me. Oh, gosh. So that's quite an age gap. Yeah, but it was also kind of like, you know, it's it's uh like it was the older brother type of mentality where it's just like, oh, like, you know, looking up to my brother and stuff. And I'm sure that's Aww. what Juju, you know, looks up to, to Ellis like. Worships Ellis. Yeah. So they're already on a good track. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much that you need to foster. I mean, the fact that they're both boys is already something that they'll connect on. I know. Because okay. they have the same impulses. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, they, they can't fucking... wait for mom and dad to leave the house so they could put all the mattresses <laughs> out and beat the shit out of each other. For a couple I know hours. <laughs> they will too. I can't wait. But Juju is a little hoss. He's uh he's big. He's built like Tom, and Ellis is built like my dad, like long and lean. So Juju's going to be a gentle giant. He's going to be like, nah, bro. You know? He's going to know how to use it. Yeah, he's going to be like, fuck you, man. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I remember. I remember me and my brother were were fighting so much at, when we were little. I uh, I think I broke my arm in the third grade. What? And holy shit, that's when the tables turned for my brother. Because <laughs> cast is like a, just a fucking weapon on your arm now. And like I won a lot of fights in that period. <laughs> Did your parents know you were doing this to each other? Yeah. And but is, they're they're Israeli. They're like, yeah, these uh, are, yeah. this this is kids. This is boys being boys. <laughs> this is how kids kid. Because I'm not so sure I would let my sons beat the shit out of each other, shit out of each other to the point of a cast. Look, the, no, 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 no. My brother didn't break my arm. Oh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Nadav, you no, guys yeah. are really harsh on each other. Yeah, no, yeah. It was, I broke it at school. You know, I like fell off the monkey bars and I broke it. Oh, and then I just started using that arm to bars. fuck them up. Yeah. <laughs> How many injuries do we get on those old school playgrounds, bro? 
Um, I think so many. all of my childhood injuries came from <laughs> gym equipment. I cracked my head open. On, oh, you uh, did. Yeah, I remember I was in preschool. Uh. Oh, my God. I'm actually just remembering how much turmoil I put my mom through with that. Uh, I would die. Because it was in preschool. And I, I actually, I, this might be my first memory. I remember <laughs> I was going up like some monkey bars that are curved onto like an equ- like equipment. That yeah, you, like, I know you're like, talking about. Like a like, curved ladder kind of. Like this, right? Like right. a dome kind of. Right. And yeah. so I was trying to go to the top it's and, I, and I had a shovel in my hand. Oh, and I remember my teacher being like, Nadav, that's too heavy for you. This is actually crazy. I can't believe I remember this. Like Nadav, that's too heavy for you. And I remember being a boy and being like, "Shut the fuck up! Shut I'll, up, stupid bitch! Stupid bitch! I'll do whatever the fuck <laughs> I want." And I get up and I literally start losing my balance when I'm on the top beam, Oof. and I just fall backwards, <gasps> and then my head just ping pongs between two bars. Uh, and my scalp splits open. Uh, I'm bleeding from the head. My mom shows up, has to take me to the doctor to get stapled. Fuck. And my, she still tells me this story where she's like, she was holding her baby boy, mm. bleeding out of his head. Mm-mm. She is starting to lose color from her face because no. she's realizing how terrible it is. And then the doctors were like, noticed it. And they're like, do you need some water? And so they brought like some water for her. And then as she was about to take a sip, me being a shitty little kid was like, I'm thirsty. <laughs> so then she gives me the water. And then Aww. that's... That's uh, that's my first memory. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and you're obviously not okay from that injury. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's, I'm still feeling the effects today. Yeah. yeah, it was a formative brain injury for sure. <laughs> There's no way that I mean that that's why you work here. Your brain injury. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess I just like to thank my lucky stars that uh, that I ping ponged my head at such a young age. God damn! And did you have to go back for like brain testing and stuff? Nah, I think it was just like a set it and forget it type of deal. I think set they, it and forget yeah, they, it's the eighties. They stapled fine. you up, right? <laughs> and then they took the staples on. They're like, "What else are we supposed to do?" I mean, the thing's done. It's fixed. Oh my god! And that's so devastating because you're so young and everything's still forming. I would just die if. Oh my god, please! But now they don't have that equipment, man. Like the, will you Google like eighties playgrounds? This was stuff. It was all metal, and I don't even think they had mats yeah it was all metal it's just rusted metal Rusty bullshit shit. oh my god look at this dude <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's so many things you could bang your shit on in this shit bro i fucking played on what's that thing called that thing the merry-go uh yeah dude merry-go-round that shit that goes around and it was metal and you would homie you centrifugal force so fast so on fast it. anytime you were on that i remember as a kid i'd stay away from it i'm like nah i get hurt every time i play on every that time thing. <laughs> Every time, dude. Back in the day, there was just a bar. Uh, look how oh, tall this, this fucking shit thing, is. dude! <laughs> <laughs> oh my shit god, is so dangerous, and it's metal, you guys. So I knocked out half my teeth, half my left tooth on a playground like this. Just metal, like a ring hit me in the face, and that was it, dude. They used oh. to just have a chain with a metal ring, and they had five of them. And everybody would swing and hit each other, and there was no mat. After a girl split her head open, like similar to what you did, they put mats down so that the kids don't just fall on concrete. I mean, you just fell down onto concrete. You cracked your shit open. Yeah, I remember this. I remember when they introduced wood chips. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Where the fuck did this come from? Like. I didn't. This is for safety. Why didn't we have this? Pussies. Yeah. 
I mean, look at this. <laughs> Welcome to Redland Skate Park, Park pussy. pussy. Yeah, dude. I mean, look at this motherfucker. Okay, they had grass. First of all, my playgrounds were never on grass. The shit was on concrete in my elementary school. And remember, too, like a metal slide, how hot that shit was oh, in the yeah. summertime? You get fucking burn blisters <laughs> and shit. And then these seesaws, like, it's just like, hey, let, let's tempt a kid to jump from a high spot every Always. time they play on <laughs> Always, bro. Or you, like you'd squash your friend's nuts and stuff right before they were about to sit down on it. Oh, this yeah, one's the it, death trap. Oh, this one's death. Is that what you fell off? This of? fucking oh, that dome fucking thing. <laughs> that one, I've, yeah, I've hurt myself. That is so dangerous for kids. That is so fucking dangerous. The dome that looks like, like a, I don't even know what that, oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this looks this looks like that 1940s skyscraper uh, uh, picture <laughs> where they all eat the lunch on the girder. <laughs> But it's kids play. Look at them. They're just sitting on top. <laughs> it is so high, but that's how it was. Like not this extreme. I think they lowered it about half. By the time I got to that, I mean, look at this shit. Right. I feel like the mentality was just like, well, if we don't make it fun enough, then they're going to bother us after 10 minutes. So make something fun enough that keeps them occupied for for like an hour. <laughs> it says when playgrounds were deadly. Hilarious. So deadly. And at least that's on grass. Like, I mean, look at that. Look at the slide, that hot ass slide. Whew. Okay, so there was even, I remember at my school, my elementary school, there was just a bar, like a fat bar, Nadav, and it was maybe, it came up to your chest when you were a fourth grader, right? Chest okay. level is just a bar like this. Just a bar. And I uh, remember- they do like pull-ups on or something? No, or? it was chest length, chest height, sorry. So- like all the girls in my class would get on it and you would put one leg over, you would hook your leg over and then you would do flips. You would just flip and flip and flip and flip. Kind of like what this girl is standing on a little bit like, yeah, but a single bar and flip okay. and flip and flip and flip. And then we figured out, and not only that, there was no padding, just concrete. So if you were to flip and conk your head, you're dead. If you fall, you're dead. And then we'd figure out we'd, come up with things like oh i'm gonna do a star shooter and then you put one leg up and then fling yourself out and down onto the concrete and like a girl cracked her head obviously doing the the loops and then they were like okay no more looping guys we're not gonna take this thing out just don't do that thing anymore that you guys were doing like no one gave a shit back in the day Wow. But boy, how much fun did you have as a kid? How much, so dangerous. <laughs> Unprecedented fun. You could never have that kind of fun again. No. I got to tell you, one of my favorite things, first of all, even just riding a bike. Remember when you could just ride your bike through your neighborhood? Yeah. Free. Just free. Mm-hmm. I lived in Canoga Park, Canoga Park, behind Pierce College. This is not a good neighborhood, no. <laughs> but back in the day, it was a pretty decent residential neighborhood. And I would ride, my dad got me a black BMX dirt bike, which is not what I wanted. I wanted a pink bike with streamer, like a banana seat, like a normal girl. Right. You wanted a girl bike. Yeah. He goes, this is better bike. This is good bike. I'm like, this is, this is not what I want. It was like a dirt bike, like a mongoose or whatever the fuck. And so the other boys in the, there are boys in the neighborhood and they're like, oh shit, like she's, she's ride or die. You know what I mean? Like they saw my gear and I would just roll with this pack of degenerate like valley kids and you know and like one of them was like you know he ride we'd ride to the liquor store 
and just buy now and laters and candy and fake cigarettes or right into the wash. We would get into the L.A. River. They call it the river, but it's really just a sewage uh, pipeline, right? Isn't that right? The L.A. Yeah, it's river. An open it's not air a river. sewage pipe. <laughs> Literally. In that movie Grease, you know, when they have the car races, uh-huh. that's the L.A. River, no? Yeah, uh, I think so. The L.A. River, it's a sewage tank, an open sewage line. And we would ride our, that's it. That's that's literally where yeah, I would play. Yeah, that's the LA River, homie. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder Alley is where we would go. Again, cholera, homie. <laughs> no shit, man. Talk about, I mean, my dad did not, this is when I lived with my dad, and he would just like take a nap. I remember I'd be eight years old. And he'd be like, I'm taking a nap, probably because he drank a lot of beer during the day. And then I would get on my bike with the neighborhood boys and we would just ride, homie. Like we'd go in the wash. We would like, but nothing bad. I mean, I never, thank God, knock on wood, nothing happened to me. You just, you just, you roamed. Yeah. You roamed, man. Well, I mean, like as a kid, you're mostly made out of gelatin. You know, you absorb (laughs) a lot of the impact. You don't get nearly as hurt as you think you will. You know, everything's just like a lot. That's true. You know? You just, you're able to survive a lot more than, than your parents oh. think you can. Well, now, I mean, I used to ride a skateboard when I was a little girl. I would never get on a skateboard now. My, I'd be like, I'm breaking my legs. My hips are all oh, yeah. <laughs> it's too I tight. Ne- I never had the balance for it. I've eaten shit quite a few times. Yeah. Fuck. Just haul ass on that stuff. That was, or even roller skates, man. Did you roller skate? I sure did. I roller skated, I uh, razor scootered. Holy shit, I came up with so many tricks on the razor scooter. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, Dangerous. We had a we had a husky uh, growing up, and so I was just like- You guys lesbians? <laughs> yep, I was raised by lesbians. And um, <laughs> there was, uh, I remember seeing some movie coming out where like huskies were sled dogs. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then I hooked up my dog to my razor scooter yeah. and then had her like drag me around yeah. the entire block and it was dope That's as fuck. That's the funnest thing ever. I had a cocker spaniel that I did that too. A cockapoo, Elvis. I would ride my, I would get on my roller skates and Elvis would run and I would just zip through the neighborhood. It was so much fun. You Aww. made this dog drag your, drag your bike around? <laughs> no, my bike, roller skates, cockapoo. Oh. A cockapoo. Yeah, he was fast. He loved it. And we jammed. We jammed on the one, bro. Just around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Really fun. Good times. And then here in the valley, there was a place called Skateland where you would go on Friday nights and you smoke cigarettes and you get finger banged in the bathroom. It was good fun. Oh, shit. We had uh, good wait, times. Skateland. Did yeah. You, in did the you valley. grow up with a Moonlight Rollerway? Yeah. That's in Glendale. Yeah, dude. That yeah. was the spot, homie. That was a, such a good jam. I would I would go there now. Well, I'm, whenever you see like a, a a roller rink in a movie, that's where they yeah. that's where they film it. It always brings me back to childhood whenever I see that. Yeah, and you know what I love the most about roller skating rinks is the shitty snacks. I love the food, right? <laughs> yeah, it would always make you sick instantly. Instantly, <laughs> you'd have pizza that just tasted like armpit, and you're like, oh, I love it. <laughs> it was so gross. Yeah, all that, but I love like Skateland nachos were dope. You're like, I want extra jalapenos. And then you'd see the the lackey pull them out of like the filthiest jalapeno water, you know? Yeah, with his bare hands. Yeah, dude. Oh, oh so yeah. good. Yeah, it caused just an explosion in your stomach immediately. <laughs> you'd be like, it's so good. I can't wait. Oh, my mom never lets me drink this much soda. <laughs> I know. And just eating so much candy. 
it's good. They they left us alone in the 80s. I think that's why Gen Xers are so independent and resilient. Like nobody raised us. We were just like we were all latchkey kids for the most part. And you came home from school and you watched, you know, your your cartoons, your Beverly Hills teens, and your uh, Richie Rich or whatever the fucking cartoons, different strokes. And then you'd, you'd make some tater tots, some ramen noodles in your microwave, and then you'd, you know, chill out and wait for mom to get home when it was dark out. What a, what a, I can't even imagine, like, just reminiscing this, I can't even imagine my kids living this existence. <laughs> right? Like, imagine fuck? dropping off your five-year-old at a moonlight rollaway and be like, all right, have fun eating all the nachos <laughs> you want. Don't eat anything stupid. Well, even at five. So let, let's see what I was doing at five. So five, I lived in an apartment complex with my mother and there was like so many different courts, like A court, B, C, D. We lived in E court. And I would just, she would let me roam. I was five years old and I would run through these different courts and I would, you know, pull up snails and flowers and I would go see the teenagers at the playground and watch them smoke cigarettes. And then I would go, you know, roller skating through. And the only rule was come home when the lights were on. And that was five. And I guess she felt safe that I, that nobody would kidnap me or molest me in this complex because it was it was really a community of single mothers primarily and immigrants. It was mostly like Armenian families, Persian families. Um, yeah, lots of immigrants. It that's, was fun. That's so Israelis, funny. lots of Israelis. <laughs> you definitely got the first half of that right. God, <laughs> that's their name, Ladin. That was yeah. somebody's name is Ladine, right? Uh, Adan is one. Abba. Yeah. Abba means dad. Yeah. You got that. I heard that one. <laughs> um, no, yeah. My only rule when I went out and played is just like, just stay away from that house. The the They don't like Jews over there. <laughs> like, that was the only rule I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so wild, man. God damn. It was like, it was weird because I don't feel... I don't, I don't know. I don't buy it that there's more danger in the world now. I just think we hear about it more because, right? yeah, there was creepers back in the day. Overreported now. Yeah, it's become really, um, it's become marketable to report these anomaly, these weird stories. Because I, I believe on the whole that human beings are pretty decent when, when push comes to shove, you know. Right. And I think every year that passes by continues to be the safest year yeah. in human history. Yeah. Like it's always been where it's just like, man, man. Uh, you know, it's rare to meet a 23-year-old that's alive. You know, like people, yeah. like life expectancy was just like, yeah, as soon as you're not a teenager anymore, like get ready to die. <laughs> or just crime and danger and, <clears throat> I mean, fuck, I grew up in this big city and I was on the bus going to Hollywood and everything at like 13. Nothing happened, thank God. And I don't know, man, people are... I think people are okay. So let's do some follow-up emails. Um, this is about ratting out siblings. I'm 36 and I grew up with five siblings. We always ratted each other out to the point where it got us attention from our parents and was likely encouraged to do the ratting. Rather, it became an unspoken way of encouragement. <laughs> I have to say, it made us all resent each other like crazy. Bitterness, cattiness, and shitty behavior became the forefront of my family. To this day... We hold generic grudges, and I'll bet my ass it's from that shit behavior, high and tightness, XO Lindsay. See, that's interesting, too, because I Ellis ratted out Julian yesterday, 
And I kind of didn't feel good encouraging that. I, mm. I wanted to explain the saying, snitches get stitches. Yeah. And I told Tom that. I go, should I explain snitches get stitches right now? And he's like, nah, it's too, it's too severe. I go, well, I'll tell you what, because back in the day, I went to this Lutheran school, and if you were tattling, they would pin a tail to your butt and call what? you the tattletale. What? Yeah. They would shame you and call you a tattletale. Holy shit. That's what you Christians do to each other? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And this was Tell a, this to nobody. <laughs> and this was a Lutheran school. The Lutherans were pretty cool. And if you if you swore, they would put a Listerine uh, they put Listerine on a cotton ball and make you suck on it. So I got that one quite a lot. Oh, you get all fucking <laughs> faded at school. Bro, I got that Listerine shit on the weekly. So I never got the tattletale, but I got and I, oh, the wiffle paddle. They would paddle you for, for cursing and stuff, too. Jesus, we wouldn't yeah. do that. <laughs> we don't do that nowadays, obviously, but, you know, that was, the, that was the day, homie. I mean, there's definitely something in that in that follow-up email. Like, it's, like, if I have any resentment towards any of my siblings, it stems from, like, yeah, you fucking snitched on me in 10th grade, though. That was really not chill, dog. Yeah, and I don't, because I was reading, um, or was it uh, my friend uh, Jessica told me, she goes, the, the biggest, I was reading an article about siblings who become friends and the biggest indicator of them becoming friends is whether or not they feel the parents liked one or the other more. Does that make sense? Like, oh, like if there was a favorite? A favorite. Mm -hmm. So in like essence- if they felt it. If they felt it, right. Whether or not it's true, it's right. the perception of it. So I'm thinking like, so in, in rewarding the tattling, you are in essence being like, that's a good thing to do is ratting out your bro. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Right. I mean, like uh, something that's uh, good is just like, hey, you know what? I'm glad that you like told me that, that yeah. what Julian's doing. But remember, you guys got to have each other's backs. Yeah, like, he's you your bro. Are, yeah, you, got, you guys are bros. You got to bro out for life, homie. Yeah, because I want to be the common enemy. And, I, and, and right now they're competing for mom's attention, just I think because of the age, right? They're both going through developmental stuff. But I want to be their enemy at some point, you know? I mean the the metaphorical enemy, the normal mom enemy, not the okay. Well, your boys went to cuddle. Hi, mommy. I just wanted to share when my oldest son was going into seventh grade, he asked me to not give him a hug or a kiss when I dropped him off at school anymore because it was embarrassing. So I stopped. In less than two weeks, I'm dropping him off at school, and he gives me a hug and a kiss. I said I thought this wasn't okay. He replies, I don't care what anyone thinks. I love you, mom. Oh, your boys will find their way and there will still be cuddles even when they're older. Oh, thank you from Kimba. Thank you. Thank God, because I just adore them so much. And I, I don't even want to think of them being adults yet. It's so sad. I'm already planning what my empty nesterness. I don't want to want to do it. Oh, you got so long till that happens. I know, but it goes so fast. It goes fast. I'm going to have to get five more dogs. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay, here's one. Sunday morning BJ's. <laughs> nice segue, right? Ever since you had Beach Queen Pinsky on the podcast, I've been trying to improve my beach game and how frequently I give them. Unfortunately, with the Christmas season coming up, I've had ridiculously long hours at work and my boyfriend's pee pee touches have become less frequent once again. In order to maintain the peace around my household and keep my man from blowing a fuse, I decided to take a page out of your book, good, and schedule our dirty time. 
Now every Sunday morning, I wake my boyfriend up with pee-pee kisses, and he absolutely loves it. It's even caused him to be noticeably less cranky during the day, and he gives me more cuddles every Saturday night to ensure I give it all the following morning. I've also noticed that due to his groggy state, he doesn't last as long, so I can get on with my day quicker, and he can feel just as satisfied as normal. Mackenzie, actually, that's a great point, Mackenzie, is efficiency. And you want to get in and out. If you're not in the mood for that shit, it's maintenance. It's like exercise. Just get it over with and you're going to be happy you did. Okay. All right, jeans. That's what I got for you today. Email me where my mom's at at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail 213-375-5184. If you have anything to add, send me your 80s um, dangerous playground stories. If you have any of those, I think those are hilarious and uh, your Michelin stories as well for driving, and uh, anything else you find interesting in the mom world. Okay, I gotta go. Until next time, stay cool, moms. Bye, mommy. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast. With Christina P.